This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life. Only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. And today I've got Angelo Poli in the studio. Ange- Angela, how you doing? I am doing great, Brett. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's exciting to be with you. Even though you are in uh, rainy Northern California today. Yes, I I'm am. In, uh, sunny, but yet cold uh, Midwest St. Louis. So uh, amazing how technology works, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Well, good. Well, uh, anyway, I know who you are, obviously, but maybe our listeners do not know who Angelo is. So why don't you give us a little lay of the land, man? What's kind of a deep dive into who you are, what's made you the man you are today, and uh, some of the paths that you've taken? Okay. I'll try and do the nickel tour. Um, All right. So I, I have a company, uh, MetPro, which is short for Metabolic Profiling, and, and we actually have a really fun job. Uh, we get to do makeovers. So we, we work with individuals um, ranging from you know, pro athletes to the Hollywood celebrities to executives to uh, mom, pa, and grandparents just wanting more energy spend time with the grandkids, but but very hands-on makeovers, kind of like, you know, the the stuff you see on some of the TV shows and things like that. Um, We specialize in the lifestyle, um, nutrition, fitness, but a a special focus on metabolism. Mm. And the reason that, uh, the, the reason that we've been focusing on that for a while is not that it's uh, nutrition or metabolism is more important than the other elements, but it is definitely more uh, misunderstood. So that's the area that we, we spend a lot of our time with education, okay. helping people like cut through the clutter. But that, that's kind of the snapshot of me and what I'm doing at least today. <laughs> awesome. So I think it is, like you said, the clutter. I think a lot of us, uh, I we think one, I've either got a fast metabolism or I don't. That's, a, that's about right. the mindset I think most people have, right? I can either eat that burger and stay skinny or I eat that burger and gain weight. But in reality, yeah. there's just a heck of a lot more to it than that, right? There is. Um, though when you boil it down, there is truth to that statement. Then we all, we can see it intuitively. People, we see, there are some people who can eat the cheeseburger and stay lean and it's not fair. We don't like those people, <laughs> um, right. but they don't represent the majority of us, right? right? right. Um, the majority of us are different. And then there are people that just, you know, look at a picture of a cheeseburger and put on five pounds. That's right. I'm sure some of the listeners today are nodding their head. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. And that's not fair either. But at least if you know where you're starting, then you're putting yourself in line for the best possible outcome. Knowing where you're at will help you determine what path is going to be the most relevant to you. Okay. 
So how so, do we do that? We'll use me as the example since I'm on here on the show with you today. But I'm oh, a, he's brave. All right. I'm, I'm a six foot guy. I'm a, you know about 165 pounds. I've been a, a what you would call the skinny guy that could eat anything he wants. <clears throat> yep. Uh, very lucky with that. I understand that, and uh, that obviously makes some of my friends mad. We joke about that, but but I think you know I'm 42 years old. It's funny people say, oh, when you reach 40, things start to change, right? And so yeah, I'm the most I've ever weighed in my life still thankfully skinny, but yet you start to see things change, right? I got to eat differently. Yep. Maybe, you know, have that one less beer, whatever it may be. Uh, talk to me, walk me through that. Walk me through that for our listeners to understand wherever they may be on their journey. So whenever, uh, so I, I started uh, coaching, you know, like I said, kind of the high level athletes and the execs. Now, most of my time is spent coaching um, our team of coaches. Yep. And so there are five things that we focus on. Uh, and and I, actually, these five things are part of the very first experience of somebody reaches out to us and says, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, I want, I want a little bit of a lifestyle change. I want to, I want you know, new 2020, right? Sure. Um, <clears throat> pardon me, sorry. Here are the five things that we're going to want to talk to you about right out of the gate. And item number four on this list is going to actually answer that question, but I'll give you the bullet and then we can dive in. So the bullet is the first thing we got to talk about is your goal. And uh, the next thing we got to talk about is your lifestyle. The next thing we have to talk about is whether you're a strategic or a metabolic. And I'll, we'll dive into explaining okay. what that means. The fourth thing that's going to answer your question, how, why, where do I start? We need to look at your nutritional history. We need to look at your fitness culture and establish a baseline, do a baseline test. Got it. And then the, the fifth thing is the psychology of motivation. What is your psychological profile? Um, and, uh, and so you're, you're running the show, uh, Brett. So you tell me, but I, can, I, can I dive in on goals? You tell Absolutely. me. You want to yeah, go there? No, I think so. One, I think that's probably the most clear, right? Well, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. You do this for a living. But I got I to gotta think. Uh, and maybe it's not actually because I, I do exercise. I, I try to take care of myself. I get, you know, I get my Peloton over here. I use a Peloton app, all that kind of Atta stuff. boy. Um, but I don't have like an end goal, right? Like I don't have like a goal for my weight. I don't have a goal for number of exercises. I mean, I do for the first quarter. And, and so I'm getting more and more clear on that. But I, what I have found is I have to set something up. Like la late yep. last year was a triathlon. I think now this one's going to be a tough mutter right in May. Oh, right on. Those so, are fun. Yeah. So walk me through that. I guess dive deep into that. So what do you see most people are doing from a goal standpoint? Well, let me give you a kind because of, there's going to be lots of people listening that have goals across the board. About 86, 87% of you are going to have weight loss as a goal. That's what mm -hmm. we've statistically found. Yeah. Um, we're all about the analytics. And so right. that, that's what's enabled us to evolve this and make it a, a more specific and more specific plan. Um, let me tell you about goal setting. When goal setting is done right, it's all about deciding what you're not going to do right now. Hmm. That's how to, how proper goal setting works. And the reason is because just like so many things in life, uh, our bodies respond to specificity. Now there are those out there that can, you know, throw the noodle at the wall and it always sticks. In other right. words, you're genetically prone to being in good shape and a very casual or, or no, I'm sorry, a better term would be general approach to fitness um, is going to yield good results. Yeah. That, that's going to be less than 5% of the population. Hmm. 
I mean, I think the statistic is you're more likely to be a millionaire than have six pack abs, right? Wow. So that, <laughs> that is, um, <clears throat> pardon, that is the, uh, the unusual scenario. It's probably more ac- accurate for younger athletes and things sure. like that. But for, for us maturing adults, <laughs> we, we have to be specific. So I'll get executives that'll call me up and they'll say, hey, Angelo. Look, I mean, I've run a you know Fortune 500 company or whatever. I know what hard work and sacrifice is all about. I've looked you up. I've done my research. I know the the specifics of who you've worked with. Here's what I want. I want to bench 300 pounds. Yeah. I want to run a sub six minute mile. And oh, by the way, I want to be less than 10% body fat. Can you do that? Um, and you know, I'll I'll meet their cockiness with a little cockiness and say, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> but Here's what you have to decide. And I'm just being honest. Which one do you want to do first? Because if I do all three, you're not going to move the dial on any of them. And that's what, you know, that's what some of the listeners maybe today will be able, that'll resonate with. It's like, do you see the person that's at the gym every week? They're there, in fact, day after day, you, you know, on the elliptical, right. doing the same thing. Their body never changes. They're not in bad shape. They're in decent shape. It's just they're not moving forward anymore likely they are suffering from a lack of specificity in their programming, nutritional first, conditioning second. And so Mm. that's why we have to really land on some goals. So the most common goal is weight loss. Now that may not be your goal. We, I had, I, across the board, Brett, I get people from every different background. I mean, I'll work with some NFL athletes. I'll work with, uh, I've, I've had the privilege of working with some of the top 10 CrossFitters um, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a sport that I, I haven't had the privilege of working with, but a lot of people, they come to me because they're like, I, I'm in good shape. I've just been chasing this particular aesthetic that has eluded me. Hmm. And that, that all boils down to, to specificity as well. So, um, as far as goals, let's just do a, you know, a profile here. Let's say somebody wanted to lose 20 pounds. Okay. That'd probably be too much for you, right? <laughs> Let's say somebody but we'll wanted, run with that. We'll run with that. If somebody wanted to lose 20 pounds, the first thing I'm going to do is identify where their body is at. In other words, if you want to lose 20 pounds, the big factor is are you an ectomorph, mesomorph, or endomorph? Um, and a, a brief rundown of those categories is, you know, do you, do you, consider yourself an overweight person who lost, who lost weight. You know, you, you're a fat person who's now lost weight, or do you consider yourself a thin person who's put on a few pounds? Hmm. Um, that likely both that's a psychological thing, but it's also a, a body type thing. It has to do with your genetic makeup, literally your bone and skeletal structure. So we, when we're looking at goals, we're also looking at your genetics and your predispositions. You're running tests, whether it's probably not blood work, but you're doing some sort of test to figure that stuff out. That's a great question. I am looking forward to diving in. So that we'll get to on bullet four. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Testing. I'll just throw out the questions here. here, (laughs) You're awesome, Brett. Uh, I I, I warned him I can ramble a bit. So you just cut me off if I, you know, so the next thing we're going to figure out, okay, here's our goal. We know our goal is to drop 20 pounds. Now what's your lifestyle? That's what we need to know. So now here's one that will be applicable if you're willing. Let's use you as the key. Let's do it. I'm very transparent. Sacrificial lamb. Family, 
Kids? Yes. Wife, four kids. boy! right four on. Four boys. Okay, so here's what that translates to me. Well, let me ask you a couple more questions first. How, how much of your, your year is traveling? Are you traveling just a few weeks out of the year? Or are you yeah. traveling half the month? Other than vacations, no, I don't, I don't travel for work ever. Okay, so here's what that means to me. It means that's opening up the, um, the playing field for what potential strategies I can use. Okay. So I'm already assuming that you're taking some meals with your family. So that's a factor. That's usually a positive, not a negative. Yeah. Um, you're probably not going out every night socially. You have a wife and four right. kids. Yeah. Uh, and you have the ability to prepare in advance. And, and food prepping, when you're an expert at it, is not difficult. Uh, and by the if way, like the, me though, I like I hear that concept. I love that concept, but I'm it's like, terrifying, right? Well, it's not even terrifying. Is like I don't want to eat like three day old grilled chicken breast that's been in the <laughs> fridge for three days. You know what I mean? Oh so, no, I hear you. I'm yeah. like I'm high maintenance when it comes to that. Or, or the other thing is the lifestyle. You know, my peer group that I'm in. It's you go to work, you come home. Yeah, you know, like this week, this week from Monday through Sunday, I will have 13 basketball games and spend about 22 to 25 hours in a gym. Oh, nice. Okay. Right? Now, so therefore, like last night, uh, you know, I roll from work, uh, drive through Chick-fil-A, get the grilled chicken sandwich, the fruit, roll home. You get about eight minutes to eat and then you go to like three kid things all night. Yep. That's what it's all about. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to peel back the curtain on all the secrets. So this is how we coach people. So when I do seminars, I'll speak to maybe a group of executives. They'll say, Angelo, I, you know, we've heard about, you know, this transformation, that transformation. What's the secret? What food should I be eating? What exercise should I be doing? And then I have to give them the bad news that they're asking the wrong question. If you want to know the secret to success, here it is. You ready? I'm ready. Time management. Hmm. It's all about time management. So, hey, Angelo, I know I need, I should probably be eating this or I should be eating that or I should be doing this. I should be exercising more. I know you know. My job is to help you execute on those more quickly. That's what it boils down to. So for a lot of people, the concept of, oh, I got to prep my meal, some meals in advance or I got to do this. I don't have two hours out of my day. Well, that's because you're a novice at that strategy. It's because you have a career and a family and you're focused on every, other things. There are people on this planet right. <laughs> that that is their entire focus is how do I leverage technology? How do I leverage tools? How do I leverage this education and my knowledge about nutrition and metabolism to create brevity in the most relevant possible actions? So what I'm going to tell you is I don't, I don't care about dinner. I don't care about breakfast. Not that I don't care about them, but I got that in the bag. So breakfast, that's easy because I know where you wake up at. You wake up at home. So if we have some agreed upon healthy items for breakfast, I can create some consistency there. Dinner, you can have at home or you can eat out or you can even eat on the go. We're going to have a principle around them. Here's what I'm going to do with you, Brett. I'm going to sign you snacks and I'm going to have you bring those snacks with you before you leave the house. And it's going to take five minutes to get those ready. Not even five minutes. Right. But the snacks are going to be your magic ticket. I know there's, there's different concepts out there. No, snacking's bad. Snacking's good. I love snacking, but not for the reason any of you listeners are thinking. The reason I love snacking is because it's the one meal or meals of the day. Nobody eats socially. So that means I don't have to worry about, 
oh, you're having a business meeting and the whole group is ordered X, Y, Z. I don't have to worry about you got the family and you're running on the, I don't have to worry about you're at someone's house eating and they've prepared. I can tell you, I want you to eat exactly, you know, I want you to have the two apples and some tablespoon of peanut butter. I mean, I can call it. I can say eat right. exactly this. Makes a lot of sense. More, what, much more in control. More in control and I can get you to do it. Yeah. And the reason we need to can be in control is because then we can create a baseline and I'll get to that. So the next thing is strategic versus metabolic. Pardon me. <clears throat> so each client we work with is going to fall into one of these two categories and every client we work with is going to be in one of these categories at some, yeah. both of these categories at some point. Strategic refers to the person who when they try and eat healthy, when they exercise, their, their body does well. Their body responds. Yep. That's about 80% of the population. That's most people. So why do we still have this gap between where most people visualize themselves being on a fitness level and, and their reality? Why do we yep. still have a gap? Because we struggle to implement the actions necessary to consistently eat clean, consistently exercise. Um, and that's really what it is. It, it becomes a numbers game. How, how do we, are we able to achieve those things more frequently? So that's what their coaching is going to be all about. We're going to have you on a basic meal plan that is all built around how do we follow through and get this? Not 100% of the time. Yeah. That is not worth it. If you have to never eat one bite off track, it's not worth it. Yeah. You, that, that's not the case. What we're looking for is I can tell the difference when somebody is presenting with some level of preparation, some level of strategy versus just, well, I leave the house uh, in the morning and <clears throat> I have all the best intentions of the world in the world, but I've done no actual preparation. Got it. The other type. I'm a, I'm a big person. fruit guy, fruits and almonds in the morning. That's, that's I love I, it. A bunch of fruit, that, small almonds. Tons of water. And then my lunch today, I go with a couple guys in the office here and we go to a little, you know, bar and grill place. And I have a turkey sandwich with avocado, lettuce, and a fried egg, and then have a side salad. See, I love all of that. But he, okay. I'm, I'm going to circle back at the end of this list of five and I'm going to tell you where I what's messed up. wrong. Where, where, <laughs> not where you messed up, what's missing. I'm going to tell you what's okay. missing. All right. Metabolic. Metabolic refers to probably 60% of people that reach out to us. Okay. So this is the person who is eating clean or has been dieting, is going to the gym, is already in an exercise program, <clears throat> or has tried many over the course of their life, yet they have reached a plateau. Maybe they're not in terrible shape, but they're simply not able to move the dial forward. Their body's no longer changing. That's a metabolic client. Okay. We have to approach that differently. So what that means is there may be absolutely nothing quote unquote wrong with what they're eating or how they're exercising, but their metabolism is simply used to it. So no more adaption is going to take place. And we have to create leverage and contrast 
in their strategy, whether it's exercise or nutrition, in order to force that adaptive response. So our strategy with them is going to be a little different. So your very first conversation with one of our coaches is really going to be focused on dialing in, is this someone who is not at their goal weight or their goal physique because they're hitting the drive through a little too often? Or is this someone who's not where they want to be because metabolically they're acclimated to already a lower intake or clean eating or whatever the case may be? And then we can really hit those issues head on. Got it. And so how we do three. that is so we got the goal, we got the lifestyle, then we have strategic versus metabolic. Now we're going to the nutritional history. That's it. Four. Okay. So baseline testing. This is what we teach at MetPro. Um, this is what I'm passionate about. Uh, it's only taken me about 20 years <laughs> dieting yeah, about 20,000 people <laughs> overnight. Yeah, people say that to me. Hey, you're Same. overnight success. I'm like, where have you been the last two decades? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so baseline testing is what I, I feel is the missing link that people are looking for, both in the fitness industry, the medical industry, and just because we need some updated metrics for evaluating where our metabolism is at. Um, The BMI, uh, it was great back in the day. It is eons old Mm -hmm. and it's not hyper accurate. What we need is is a new way of saying, here's how much I need to eat to maintain my current body weight. Therefore, this may be the most strategic strategy or that may be the most strategic strategy. Here's Here's why that's the case. If you on the internet and you type in, how do I lose weight? You can get what, maybe six or seven responses? Yeah, right. Six, <laughs> maybe six yeah. or seven million, yeah. you know, different. Here, try this, try that, try the other. So there's, you know, there's carbohydrate manipulation, ketogenic dieting. There's calorie control, old Weight Watchers model. Um, that's the, also the medical model by and large. Yeah. Then there's food timing. Then there's glycemic load. Then there's fat cyclical fasting. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Uh, there's you know free range versus plant based versus. We can, mm-hmm. There's no end to this, and I, I'm going to answer here and now and tell you the truth about them. You ready? ready? Here's the truth. I'll stand behind this. Every one of them work. Every one of them work. Yeah, you know, you're right. Like you says, talk, well, the, the keto diet, keto diet, whatever it's called, and you, and you see some people like, oh, this thing's terrible, and you see people as life-changing. Yeah, that's it. That's what are you committed to. That's exactly to. it. Yeah. I mean, I lived through, you know, I lived through the 80s and the 90s, and I have seen every genre and yeah. era of dieting and right. training produce astonishing physiques. And I've seen every era and trend and fad burn out and fail miserably. All of these strategies have some science behind them, but that they does not mean that all of them are applicable or optimized for you right now. So it's not a question of what's right, what's wrong. The question should be what's the most relevant, provides the most leverage and going to work the best for you. And all my years experience has taught me no two people are alike. Each person has to be individually evaluated. But there's some logic sense, logical common sense stuff here. So let's just talk about two. You have calorie control versus carbohydrate control. Both of these strategies work. Which one's right for you? Well, the person who has already been cutting carbs 
and you know, is really careful about how many carbs they eat, it is unlikely that cutting just a little further is going to produce a very dramatic result. It's much more likely that you know, the guy or gal who's eating you know, three to 500 grams a day of carbs that then switches to ketogenic is going to see that massive weight shift quickly. Okay. It's all about contrast. At the same time, someone may come to me and uh, they're very particular about you know, their meal frequency or rather their, their overall intake and we do some simple math and they're not eating a whole lot of calories. Maybe there's a little room in there, but not much. Um, if somebody's already on a low-ish calorie routine, lowering it a little further is unlikely to produce much of anything. So that's not going to be a good lever. And in their case, manipulating carbohydrates is probably better. So it's really where the person is starting from. And then we go down the full checklist of all the most relevant strategies and protocols. And we, we basically put together a dream team of what's going to be the most relevant for you. And there are occasional times when I have to tell someone, you can't lose weight right now. Why? Because there's nothing more to take out. So I've, I've worked with folks who've been on The Biggest Loser. I've, I've dealt with some of the toughest metabolic cases imaginable where people have really you know, restricted their intake for extended periods of time. Maybe they've lost a lot of weight, but their body is really acclimated to a very, very low intake. And it's not even about more weight loss at that point. It's about reconditioning their metabolic rate to run faster again get their metabolism healthy so that way they're in a position to start the weight loss process again. That makes sense. So so we, were just, really we were just at lunch and so it's funny we're having this conversation because we were looking at the buffalo grilled chicken salad, right? Grilled chicken, mm -hmm. the salad, all that stuff. And it was like 1,260 calories. And you flip mm -hmm. the page to the burger and it's like 670 calories. Isn't that hilarious? But you would think, right, if I have the salad, yep. it's better for me than eating the big burger. So yep. What's a guy like you say to that? Well, it's the dressing that they're putting on the salad. Right. So that's salad's great. There's the nothing wrong with the lettuce. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's what it, where it boils down to. Yeah. So, what what is all this leading? Is there so much out there? How do I figure out what I should be doing? So, it, all roads lead back to baseline testing. So, if if you call us up and you get into working with one of our coaches, the very first thing they're going to do is they're going to take you through a process called baseline testing. And here's what that is. I'm going to put you on a template meal plan that is boring for three days. That's it. Three day, two, three days, three, four days, somewhere in there, depending on your circumstance. Um, and this template meal plan has a few unique attributes. One it's been developed after years and years of data analytics. So um, I'm gonna put you on the spot, Brett. How, how old are you, Brett? 42. 42. You're an ectomorphic body type, 42 years old. You weigh 165 pounds, you said? Yep. Perfect. So I have literally worked with thousands, not millions, thousands, maybe four or 5,000 male ectomorphs under 200 pounds between 160, 170 pounds. And I can use all that aggregated data to come up with averages. Right. Using that data, I'm now going to give you a meal plan. This meal plan is going to represent the exact middle of the road 
to compare your results against. So now on this meal plan, I know exactly the macronutrient breakdown of each meal. I know how many calories you're eating. I know the glycemic load and I know the timing of the meals. Now I'm going to put you on this meal plan and there are only, that's the input. The meal plan is the input. The output is your outcomes. So what happens? There's only three possible outcomes. Either you gain weight, you lose weight, or you stay the same weight. That's it. Yep. Now, now we're looking at other things. We're going to look at your performance, your energy, your, you know, satiety, all, all those things. But for the sake of our conversation today, sure. gain weight, lose weight, or stay the same weight. Based on that, I'm going to now come back to you and I'm going to say, Brett, okay, here's what we have. I put you on this meal plan. It was X amount of calories, X grams of carbs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Based on our analytics of thousands of other guys in your demo that have done this, your metabolic rate is about 10% faster than average. It's relevant. Or I'm going to come back and I'm going to say, your metabolic rate is a little slower than average. So based on that, here's what we're going to do. So I, I can't promise you good news or bad news. What I can promise you is accurate news. And then what we can do with that is so much more relevant versus just this is the way to eat. This is the way to exercise one plan for everyone. Go do it. Right. Makes what a lot we, of sense. Yeah. We want to really get to know you. And that's what that baseline testing process is. Now there's going to be some naysayers. Some people are shaking their head and that are fitness enthusiasts or maybe coaches. They're saying you can't tell what someone needs in 72 hours. And, and, and they're right. We need longer than that. But when I first started in, in coaching, I, it used to take me six weeks. I would give someone a meal plan and a workout routine, and I would say, go, go follow this, come back in the six weeks, and I'll tell you, you know, what we need to do next. Well, that, that's where the industry was at the time, and that's what I could do with the knowledge that I had. Well, years later, and we got it down when I wrote my first book, we got that down to about two weeks, 10 days. Now, leveraging some technology comparative analytics, et cetera, et cetera. Now we can actually begin adjusting meal plans in 72 hours. Now, now I'm going to need more time than that to big picture figure out really all right. the nuance of what's going on. But well, I mean, within it. three days, I'm on a pretty dang good plan. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the key is no variables in that plan. And oh, by the way, yes, that, that meal plan sucks because you got to prepare every meal. You got to be boring, but it's just two or three days. Right. It's not, I'm not asking you to go do this for the next six years. Give me two or three days. Name as you asked, blood work, you know, all that sort of stuff. This is the baseline testing I'm okay. interested in. Now, I will send pe some people for blood work if that, if there's an indication or, you know, a flag somewhere, sure. that, but I'm not, there's nothing on their blood work that tells me how much they can eat to gain or lose weight. That's true. I need to know that from um, actual real data. And then we can start adjusting and manipulating. And I had one guy just recently, he, he started baseline testing and he was so enthusiastic. He's like, Angelo, I started your plan. I'm on it. I also started running 10 miles a day. I'm like, Bob, oh. that's great. I'm thrilled. You lost six pounds. Now you have to start over with your baseline test because I don't know if that was from the 10, the, the 10 right, miles a right. day or from the meal plan. So if you're already exercising, that's great. Don't stop. Continue doing exactly what you're used to. Yep. If you're not exercising, don't start during the baseline test. It'll throw off our analytics. Yep. Makes so. sense. Makes a lot of sense. So talk to us about alcohol. How's that play out for you? Not good. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the thing to know about alcohol. Uh, if you're an athlete, if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to increase performance, it's never going to help you. I never let any of my athletes, 
um, drink during their, uh, you know, their, their season, cycle, yeah, yeah. you know, um, that said, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy alcoholic beverage from time to time. Um, so, and a lot of people do. And if you're one of those, that's okay. It's not going to stop you from making progress. Right. Um, it's it, all things in moderation. And here's something pertinent about alcohol. The kind of alcohol you consume, it makes a huge difference. Not a small difference. Mm. It's a huge difference. So your absolute worst of the worst, the wake up tomorrow, three pounds heavier is going to be your mixed drinks your margaritas, your pina coladas, those are the trifectas of yeah. weight gain. You know, you're like a margarita, you got your salt, you got your alcohol, yeah. you got your sugar. Oh, it's brutal. Then then you drop down to the merely bad. <laughs> that's that's the beer, right? Yep. Um, <clears throat> and those of you out there, oh, that's not, don't worry about that. I drink wine. Well, uh, <laughs> wine may arguably, and I don't get into these debates, but may arguably be healthier for you. But if your goal is weight loss and you're drinking a couple glasses of wine every night, let me tell you the easiest lever you have is to cut that alcohol and sugar out of your, out of your diet every night. And a big part of the problem is when you drink it. You know, if we position that wine at 9.30 in the morning, we could probably burn that off. <laughs> no, right. That's not when you're drinking the wine. At 9.30 at night, yeah. That's it. It's the worst time possible. So then from there, you go down to either your kind of quote-unquote diet beverages, um, but then your, your hard alcohols, those are less impactful. And your clear alcohols are going to be probably, if you, if you had to pick a drink, the least impactful strictly from a, now I'm not talking about health. I'm not talking about psychology. Sure, sure, I'm sure. talking about liver sustainability. I'm talking about <laughs> calories. To if I had to pick one, <laughs> you'd rather me have a couple of vodka drinks than a couple beers. Uh, absolutely. If I'm yeah. trying to hit an aesthetic goal with you, right. for sure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to us about the psychology. I'm a, I'm a big fan of psychology and mindset. And I think that's a huge probably role. I know it's number five on your list, but that's a huge yep. part of what you're doing. So I found out something interesting and I'm not a psychologist by any means, but I've, I've been a coach for two decades. Yep. And if you poo poo that science, you're really leaving a lot on the table. That's right. Uh, I, I work with some great mentors in the area that have I've just learned a ton from. And there are some people that they just have an extra gear in their brain when it comes to that. But my my tiny little contribution on that on that level is years ago, I uh, I ran coaching programs, personal training programs for multiple gyms across Northern California. And what I would simply do is I would coach the clients. I would diet the clients. And I would place them with different uh, fitness trainers. So I was doing their overall strategy and their nutrition and the trainer was taking care of their exercise. And I started scratching my head because I noticed that certain clients, despite the same exact strategy, would excel when they're with a particular trainer. And it wasn't just that one trainer was simply better. Because it was random. It was across the board. Right. Like sometimes they would excel working with this trainer and not that trainer. Uh, but then the next person would have the opposite experience. Why? Well, you know, as I started learning a little bit about how we're wired, there's different types of people out there. So some people really thrive with pre a presentation of the strategy that's very supportive, that's very um, collaborative. And you really have someone who's who's, you know, as the saying goes, you know, walking with you through the, the tough parts and carrying you through the impossible parts, right? But then there's some people, it's like, that's nice, you know, 
I like a little bit of that, but really for me, I need to know the why. If I can understand the science behind it, if I can understand why you're asking me to do this specifically and what we're going to do next in the big picture, then I can get behind it. Yeah. And then I find people who they like the why, they like the support, but really they're not going to be their best unless they are challenged. They want to be invited to a challenge. And under those circumstances, they thrive. And so what we endeavor to do is to identify uh, broad categories, which of those is most appealing to you, and then really match you up with that style of coaching. It doesn't change anything about the science. The analytics are the analytics. We're going to tell you you need to eat more when you need to eat more and eat less when you need to eat less, no matter what coach you're working with. But that presentation and style can really make a large impact. And so we're passionate about that as well. I like it. Yeah, I think, you know, you've, we've all heard the saying, when you know your why, anyhow is possible. So even back to the goal, marry that with the number five psychology. I mean, we know why we're doing what we're doing. You know, for me, it's, it's quite frankly, it's, you know, with four kids and hopefully I have a lot of grandkids and God willing, I'm still here is I want to be able to play with them for a long, yeah. long time, right? And have the, the flexibility, the mobility um, to be able to jump on the ground, roll around, do the things I want to do to stay young as, poss- as long as possible. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you, Brett. A lot of people are like, oh, no, you, you're this big fitness buff. I'm like, no, no, no. You, yeah. you didn't read my backstory. I walked with a cane for a decade, you know. Um, I, I, I'm, yeah, I, I got here through, you know, the school of uh, young, school dumb of hard knocks, mistakes. Huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk to us about that. What, I mean, if you, if you're open to sharing, what, sure. uh, what made you walk with the cane for 10 years? Young and stupid and thought I was immortal. I was a personal trainer and a, you know, a garage, you know, weightlifter. And, um, I just wasn't very good at any of it. That's the problem. I didn't have a proper respect for it and I hurt myself. So and just literally lifting weights, you, you hurt yourself <clears throat> so badly. You had to walk with a cane for 10 years. I hurt myself so badly and then ignored it for so long thinking, okay. Uh, I can push through the pain Right. that I walked with a cane for 10 years. Yeah. Was it because your back or your legs or all the above? Low back injury. Yeah. Pretty severe. Yeah. Man. And how did you battle through that? How did you, how did you get through that to where you don't need a cane now? I'm blessed to have a lot of people in my life. They're smarter than me. (laughs) That's it. I I've, uh, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's a credible, you know, the, the medical, interventions that can take place here and in, in, in this country the, just the uh the advancements um and as well as um alternative health uh and uh learning about physiology the proper yeah. nutrition and unfortunately for if any of you out there are chronic pain sufferers um for me it wasn't finding that one magic thing it was finding the combination of interventional help and work and it's always getting your body as healthy as it, it can possibly be because ultimately your body is going to heal, do the healing and any other assistance you can get medically, nutritionally, et cetera, et cetera, is all just going to support that. And so it was the same for me. But that's how I, I really ended up on this journey is I was a personal trainer. I uh, couldn't hand people dumbbells anymore. Couldn't be on the floor, but I didn't want to leave the business. So I focused on strategy. Um, I focused on nutrition. I focused on the big picture coaching. I found there's a lot of great trainers out there. Uh, But what was missing was not the one hour during your workout. I found the other 23 hours is what's the most relevant. Right. Yeah. So that's what we focus on. How much a diet versus, I mean, if I go out and work out every single day, but have a crappy diet or vice versa, maybe I have a great diet, but I don't ever work out. I mean, it's not the one or the other. It's both, right? 
but how important is that nutrition in my overall health plan compared to the physical side? So that that's a great question. It all depends on your goal and it all depends on your fitness level. So a lot of I think people, most people listen to this, sorry to interrupt, but I think most people listen to this are, you know, maintain and lose, right? Yeah. People want to lose weight. People want to maintain. You get a lot of type A, hard charging, successful, um, you know, running businesses, running their families, whatever it may be, are the types of people that listen to this podcast. And so they speak get to it, them. Right? Okay. Speak to them. Answer. Yeah, how speak to be them, them because it's not not that there's not skinny people and overweight people. They're all of us, right? But my point is, you got a lot of hard charging people, and I don't even know where I was going with that. But the point is, is that the psychology behind the the, the physical side. Not I don't think a lot of people listening are wanting to be bodybuilders, right? They want oh, to have no. high energy. They want right. to be flexible. They want to be, you know, being healthy late into life. They want to be active. That's, that's the audience, right? We work with a lot of folks that have, you know, certain ailments or chronic pain or things like that, that are really battling because they need to, they need to figure out the metabolism piece throughout that. Um, so the answer is, you know, you've heard like 60, 40, it's 60% nutrition, 40% exercise. Yeah. It's hundred percent nutrition at first day one. So he, here's why. It is not that exercise is any less relevant. It is just as important. I was on the phone literally day before yesterday, one of my favorite clients. Uh, he's from Brooklyn. Uh, he's a lawyer and is an older gentleman. And I just love having conversations with him. <laughs> and he says, Angela, I just, I can't, I can't get this. I can't get the food right. I just, I do good for a while, but then I fall off. I, and you know, I, I tell him, hey, you're not alone. You are not alone. And here's how we're going to fix that tomorrow. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what we're going to work at. And he goes, yeah, I just stopped going to the gym because I, you know, I'm not seeing the weight come off. So it's like, why bother? It's like, why bother? If you're not eating right, your exercise is the only pillar left holding up yeah. your health, your, your heart, your cardiovascular. If you're not eating right, it's twice as important that you're exercising. That's true. You see, the psychology doesn't work that way. So the exercise is absolutely relevant. But here's why I said 100% nutrition is because I would say a solid 40% of people that we start with, exercise for them in the first 30 days is merely a vehicle to get them back into good enough shape to exercise. Yeah. I mean, exercise is probably strong term. We're just movement. movement We're just getting yep. your body acclimated. You're not burning a bunch of calories with that. We're just getting started. Now come back, talk to me in three to six months. Now we're hitting some routines that now maybe it's contributing 20, 30, or if you're very athletic, 40%. But no matter how athletic you are, the nutrition is still the biggest yeah. lever. Still very key. And I think yeah. too, to your point of the movement, but I mean, it doesn't have to be the hour, hour and a half throwing weights around workout either. No. It could be a nice 20, 30, 40 minute workout, right? Find out something you enjoy. I, I worked for a guy, we were featured in the Wall Street Journal for a particular makeover story. Um, this guy had a startup that, I won't mention names, uh, but he had a company everyone's familiar with. And uh, one of his investors, um, one of the first uh, billionaires I've ever worked with, um, invested big money into his company. And it came with a caveat. She said, you get the investment money, but you also have to work with my buddy, Angelo. Oh, wow. <laughs> How's that for her? Because like she, don't, she don't want her, her investment, you know, right. keeling over. I get right. it. I mean, smart, smart business. Right. We worked together and this guy, he was literally in an airport. I am not exaggerating. 
25 days a month. Oh my goodness. So forget about any prep, forget about any right. traditional strategies. There's no gym access. There's 25 days right. a month. So we, I mean, we had his menu where he could get his whole meal plan at Starbucks if worse came to worse. We, we worked it all out. We found right. answers. But what we had was we had him doing eight to 12 minute workouts in his hotel room. Micro workouts, just little, just something. Is it as right. good as going to the gym for 45 minutes, an hour? No. But guess what? 10 minute stint is the most impactful when you exercise. The first 10, Absolutely. <laughs> right? The first 10. So let's at least get that. But you'd be amazed at what you could do. And now as a behavioral coach, I vastly prefer uh, 10 minutes a day, five days a week, than going to the kick, you know, drag out, knock down, you know, grueling boot camp for an hour and a half once every three weeks. Yeah. No, you're because right. that, I can't build on that. If you give me 10, 10 minutes a day, Monday through Friday, we make it part of your routine and you don't miss it, I can build on that. Yeah. I think it's also setting up your environment, right? I mean, for me, it was the, the sob story I told you earlier, right? I, I get up, get four kids, my wife and I are ready to get them ready for school. We get them to school. I go to work all day. You know, you're hard charging all day. Then you come home, you got, you know, 10 minutes before you got to change and get to a basketball or baseball or soccer or whatever sport, pick yep. the sport, right? And it's that vicious cycle. And I yep. would find I would go weeks and weeks without working out. And then you're like, why is my energy a little bit lower by the end of the day? Well, geez, you're eating like crap on the go. You're not exercising. <laughs> uh, I wonder why, Brett, right? And then it's like, you know what? How do you do it? Well, right over there, you grab a corner in your office and you buy a Peloton and you put it in there. And it's been a game changer for me for the last Isn't that awesome? or 15 minutes, 15 months. And it is. And it, it's not that I'm some guru on working out now. I'm not, but it, it's the daily habit. Like today, where am I going to, where am I going to, I'm going to be in a gym for four hours today. I hate working out in the morning. So I had to, a conference call where I didn't have to talk very much. That was my 25 minute bike ride where I sweat and get my workout in and nicely do done. Thing after that. That see, I love that. And by the way, that's the type of thing that our, our coaches like really dial in with our executives. Like, Hey, what conference calls, what phone calls, what activities are you on during the day where we can double dip and multitask? Right. It's all about efficiency. Yes. So I promised you, I said, okay, here, we're at, after we go through the five, I'm going to tell you what you are missing. Okay. That's right. Here's what you're missing. When I'm hearing what you're doing, yep. what we're missing is your daily routine having an identity it's not a matter of right or wrong it's a matter of so if i had to give our listeners at home a a single recommendation so my recommendation reach out to us and just talk learn no obligation this is what we do for a living we love talking to people getting to know people and teaching people but if you just want to start with something super simple what i'd like you to do is take a take a week five days or a week write down what you eat write down what exercise you do. Now on a different sheet of paper or somewhere else, write down what your goals are. Now I want you to take that log and go to, it doesn't even have to be a fitness enthusiast or a fitness guru. Go to someone smart in your sphere who you, has common sense, show them your food log and your exercise routine and ask them one question. What do you think I'm trying to do? What do you think hmm. my goal is? And if they're looking at that 
and have no clue what you're trying to do, you need to rethink your strategy. There's not enough specificity in either your nutrition or your training to move the dial. So what you're lacking, Brett, in your routine is focus and a purpose. I would look at your routine and I would say, here's a guy who is missing a goal. If you have a goal, then we can align it. So you cut just through talking. I don't want to put words in your mouth. So you oh, can no, redirect rip, this, man. but <clears throat> pardon me. <clears throat> that time just of the year colds. Oh man, I'm just getting over. Uh, sounds like what's important to you is just vitality. I'm going to read between the lines and throw productivity in there. Um, being around for the kids and feeling good. Now, if you have an aesthetic goal, we can yeah. layer that on top, but it sounds like that's where we're at. That's correct. So, and let me uh, interrupt real quick, just so we can have a kind of a give and, give and take here. So that that's why I think about setting the goal of the tough mutter. I honestly don't really care if I do the tough mutter or not, but I know I'm the type of person if I put it on the calendar and I know it's May 16, 2020, I know that I will at least put the effort in between now and May 16th, so I don't go and look like a complete fool when I do the tough mutter. I love it. Right. Yeah, I, I, that, that's a core strategy. Um, th th I mean, there's so, many, so much research and statistical evidence, but just I can tell you and from practical experience, when somebody has a date on the calendar, it is so much easier to stay consistent and focused. So yeah. I love that you're doing that. So with, with your goal lineup, I don't think that this is a bite for bite meal plan. I feel like that's probably, I mean, it'd be great if you wanted to, but I think that's probably more of an investment that is necessary for your goals. You're not trying to drop, drop a bunch of weight. You're not trying to drastically change your physique. You're trying to have more vitality, health, and perform at this Tough mutter. Right. So <clears throat> what I do think we need to do is focus on making sure you have steady energy and that you continue to eat clean. So I'm going to give you my top, my top two on the nutrition, and then we'll talk about exercise. So what I'd like you to do every day, if everything else fails, is I want you to commit to me. See, I'm hitting you on air right now. Say I something. love it. I love it, man. <laughs> I want you to commit to me that you'll do this one thing. I want you to pack a mid-afternoon snack and eat it. So it'll always be fresh because you do it in the morning. It'll take you two minutes. Yep. Bring a mid-afternoon snack. Here's what I want you to eat. Now, you already told me you love fruit. You love nuts. Um, so that's what, that's what I'd like to go with. I want you to do a mid-afternoon a, a mid snack between call 2 or 4 p.m., whatever works in there. And I want you to do some fruit. Um, so if, if fat loss was mixed in there, I'd say do fruit where you consume the peel because those tend to be lower glycemic versus a fruit where you discard the peel like mm -hmm. a pineapple or a banana. But in your case, I think any fruit is acceptable. Okay. Uh, like I said, you have a faster metabolism, mix it up, get lots of different fruits, eat, eat to satisfaction. And I want you to get a, a solid, a couple tablespoons of either a nut butter or a solid couple handfuls of uh, nuts or combination of nuts. Now, if you start hitting the gym a little bit more frequently, add a little protein to that and you could do something really simple. You could do jerky, you could do Greek yogurt, you could do cottage cheese, or you could do some chicken or if you prefer plant-based, you could even do some tofu or even some beans. Um, but uh, that would bring the protein up a little bit. But I would say unless, you, unless you're lifting weights three plus times a week, don't worry about that. Just do the, the fruit and nuts. Now, I'm... 
gaming the system. The reason I make that my recommendation for you, uh, in addition to what I've heard from you, is I know that that one thing is the most disruptive and I'm gaming the system to make multiple changes to your daily routine with that one change. And here's why. If you prepare your afternoon snack first thing in the morning, if you're willing to do that, you're going to eat breakfast also because you're already there in the kitchen. Right. You're bagging up your afternoon snack. So I'm getting a, a two for one deal here. So now I know you're going to get breakfast. Now, if you get breakfast, nobody, you're not going to miss lunch. Most people don't miss right. lunch. Don't they get that, too yeah. hungry. But if you get lunch and you know, I've promised Angelo on air that I'm going to start eating an afternoon snack, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. I don't need to gorge myself here at 1230 or one with this meal because I got to eat a snack. So let me get something light, something clean, something healthy. Mm. Now you're eating again right behind it. Couple hours later, a snack. So now five, six o'clock comes around. This is where blood sugar starts tanking for most people. And even though they normally like healthy food, nothing healthy will satisfy them because they're the blood sugar monster by five, six, seven o'clock at night since they haven't eaten since noon. Yep. Now you'll be hungry, but not ravenous. You'll be ready to eat, but your blood sugar won't be tanked. And more often than not, you make poor choices. Healthy. Then. Uh, bingo. Yep. So everybody says, Oh no, I eat great during the day. My problem is at night before bed, Angelo. I, I know. But yeah. I can trace that problem. I can draw a straight line back to what's happened in the middle of your day. Yeah. If the middle of your day was solid, the battle would be a winnable battle, something you could yeah. beat at night. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I do. If I come home at, say, 4 o'clock because we have an early basketball game, I don't eat dinner, but I'll have you know, a handful of almonds. I'll have some like these little turkey bite things that we've got that are mm -hmm. high in protein and then – uh, you know, like a, like a, like a cutie or like a little orange thing or a banana. And it's like, yep. man, it's amazing how much the energy keeps going throughout the night. And then I come home and, and I don't eat, actually eat that much. It'll make all the difference in the world. Yeah. yeah. Well done. I love it. Exercise. So you're at a gym all week long, but yeah. you don't like going into the weight room. Did I hear that right? Well, I'm not at a gym. I, I have a normal office job. I have my Peloton here, but I mean, no, I don't, I don't never go to a gym. Oh, I misunderstood. So you're talking about the Peloton. You the Peloton were saying basketball. literally is in my office. Like I, you know, where we do financial planning and meet with advisors and clients and it's literally just sitting right here next to my couch and chairs and stuff. I can't tell how, you how many executives I've told, get a bike, get a Peloton, yeah. get whatever brand it you is want, a game put it in your office. Game changer, the yeah. convenience. That's the first thing I do. A lot of guys, like I really struggle with, with exercise. Like, well, what are you doing for exercise? Well, I'm, I'm going to the, I have a gym membership. I'm like, how far is the gym from your office, yeah. your home? Like, well, it's a 30 minute commute. I'm like, aha, yeah. yeah. That means you got to drive 30 minutes, exercise, then shower, change, come back to the office. So you don't have two yeah. hours a day. No. Yeah, absolutely. So I look, I got a gym in my house and I've got a, a I can see a, I won't name the big fitness place, but right there, Club Fitness, I'll name it. Club Fitness right across the street mm -hmm. from my office and one at home. And I hardly ever go into, I'll, you know, I'll do the one at home like on the weekends for some weights or stretching or whatever it may be. But I just find for go. me, my schedule is so crazy with work and kids and stuff that it, it's got to be fit in right there with that Peloton. Well, then that's it. That means that's I should get the a commission from you. Peloton. You should. Hey, this is like, this is an ad for Peloton right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. 
So the uh, so so for a lot of my execs, I love gyms across the street. Now that's that's we can get in there, get out, and make it fast. But everything you've told me told tells me that what we need is something that is you can execute by literally walking across your office and getting on that Peloton. Yeah. So here's what I want to add to that: you're going to do a tough mutter. Um, the Peloton's going to be great for helping you with your endurance and stamina. That's the number one thing you need for it. The second thing you need for it is lower body strength. The Peloton's also going to handle that. Do me a favor, and every other day when you do the Peloton, after you're done with it, I want you to give me one wall sit to fatigue. Hmm. Just old school gym, you know, when you were in sixth grade, wall sit. Yeah. Uh, and, and that'll just accentuate. We'll build up that lower body strength and stability. And if you can do more than two minutes of a strict wall sit, uh, bring a couple 10 pound, 15 pound dumbbells into the office and start holding those dumbbells while you do it. Got it. I like next- it. We, we just, I keep throwing in little thoughts here for hopefully for our listeners is find another couple, right? We've got another couple in our neighborhood, husband, wife, me and my wife, we text daily. You got to do 50 push ups, 50 setups, and you got to do five minute of meditation. And then you got to, you know, text that out when it's done. Right. And, then, and, and like awesome. today when I texted, I said, my, my five and a half mile bike ride, my little weight thing I did, that doesn't count. Right. And they're like, Nope, doesn't count. Sorry. So you still got to do the 50 push-ups, 50 setups and five minutes of meditation. So everything you just said, I gotta, I gotta pay you a compliment here because you just hit on all three of the, the coaching, the, the big three. So what you just did was specific. It was time bound. You have to do it today. Yep. And then you have to text when it's done accountability. You hit yeah. all three. That's it. You, you, you've done this before. I've done this before. <laughs> so this, is what, this is what we try to help people with too, right? With our firm visionary wealth advisors. Yeah. We manage investments and we try to help people. You said, what is it? Very few people have a six pack and a, and a million bucks. Yeah. You're more, you're more likely to be right. a millionaire yeah. than have a six pack. Uh-huh. So I think when they work with Angelo and they work with visionary, they have both, right? They get the six pack and we get them to a million bucks. Yeah, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Where can our listeners find more of you, Angelo? Cause I think there's going to be a lot of people that want to learn more. Where can we, uh, where can we do that? A huge thank you to you guys, Brett, for letting us do this. Please, for your listeners, uh, go to metpro.co forward slash circuit of success. So that way we know they're coming from you. So again, metpro, M-E-T-P-R-O dot C-O slash circuit of success. And uh, we'll get to know you. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. We will send people that way. We'll put your handles. I'm sure you on Instagram or Facebook and all that stuff. Yeah, we're all around there. <laughs> right, well, we'll find you. We'll put it in the show notes, man. And we will, uh, we'll look forward to seeing some of the results that people get from working with you, man. So thanks for being with us on the circuit of success. Much appreciated, my friend. Thanks for having me. Tune in next week for another episode of The Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.